Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Now it's time for Inside the Clubhouse, a show dedicated to the Chicago baseball fan, featuring the best Chicago baseball conversation, as well as the big MLB topics, along with the biggest names, greatest guests, and listener interaction, starring score baseball insider Bruce Levine and half of Chicago's number one sports morning show, David Haw, on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, and always live on the free Odyssey app, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Good Saturday morning, Chicago. Welcome back inside the clubhouse on 670 The Score and your free Odyssey app, broadcasting live from the Hyundai Score Studios. I'm David Haw, along with Bruce Levine, talking baseball as we do every Saturday morning, ready to belly laugh our way back through another show and welcoming in another familiar White Sox face. Good morning, Bruce. Big show ahead. How are you this morning? Uh, good morning, David. Yeah, I'm very uh, happy to be uh, uh, with you as always on Saturday. A little abbreviated show today as we're off at 1045 today, but a lot of baseball talk and information and guests packed in between 11 and between 9 and 1045, including Cody Bellinger joining us at 940 today at 10 o'clock, Nikki Lopez of the Chicago White Sox. Something for everyone, a party tonight on the score and inside the clubhouse. Nobody told me we were talking to Paul the final 15 minutes of the show. Terry Cummings, Mark Aguirre, hey, back in the 70s. How about that, Bruce? Is that what we're talking about? Or the 80s and the heyday. Is that what we're doing the last 15 minutes of the show? You know, I've looked at a few DePaul scores, and I'm just – I'm not going to go there with you. I'm just I'm, – I'm not going to do it. I, I don't pile on the good people of DePaul, a lot of – friends of mine over there and uh let's just say they're going through some hard times with their uh, men's basketball program right now. Cody Bellinger could start in the spring 0 for 14 and a DePaul fan would say that's a good start so yes I think that we can safely say we'll avoid DePaul basketball until 10:45 when we will get out of here for Zach and company but Bruce it's been a big week in Arizona the White Sox and the Cubs both have had really interesting developments I think the biggest one it's Cody Bellinger's return. He's going to join us at 940. Can't wait for that conversation. 
But they, when he met the media next to his agent, Scott Boris, and Jed Hoyer, what was your initial reaction to what they said? And were you surprised, as I was, Bruce, that Scott Boris had as big of a speaking part as he did in the process? Well, I was surprised he was sitting there. I, I can't remember, except for situations where there's a translator, anybody in a free agent setting with a front office after a signing, uh, sitting with the player uh, at, at the dais. I just, I don't remember it. But, you know, again, it, it it didn't even dawn on me until probably halfway through the thing that, you know, hey, what's Boris sitting there for? What What, what is his purpose? You know, but again, uh, Scott uh, is different. He's, uh, you know, certainly uh, out there. He's one of the uh, most influential, not just agents, but people in the game of baseball. And uh, he was going to have his say as to why his uh, free agent was signing a three-year deal that could be a one- or a two-year deal instead of a six- or seven-year deal that we had heard about from November on that was going to get $200 million for his player. Let's stay with that for a moment, Bruce. We'll get to the White Sox because we have Nikki Lopez at 10 o'clock and there's some things that happened out there I want to get your thoughts on. But let's stick with the Scott Boris impact on this offseason because now we have Cody Bellinger back with the Cubs. Overnight, Matt Chapman signs a three-year, $54 million deal with the San Francisco Giants. Some speculation about whether the Cubs would be in on that. But to your point, that's not the deal that Scott Boris wanted for his client. That's not the deal you expected Matt Chapman to sign. What's going on here and were the Cubs wise to avoid going after Matt Chapman because of other things happening within their organization? So uh, the baseball union that represents the players, uh, the Players Association, will be uh, kicking uh, and screaming and knocking on doors and asking uh, why there hasn't been more money spent this offseason, why some of these contracts are similar and uh, avoiding saying collusion and at the same time alluding to collusion among uh, possibility of ownerships in baseball. And that's going to be really impossible to prove. Uh, I, I don't think it really is collusion. In my mind, uh, uh, this is a one time where owners and baseball have to take a pause because of the RSN issue. And Briefly, we'll catch up with the RSN issue. The uh, regional sports networks are taking a big dive. Most sports fans are aware of it. If you're not, uh, up to 15 teams in Major League Baseball will be getting a zero to uh, 30% or 40% of what they were getting on their TV packages before this year and last year uh, because of the uh, uh, RSN networks, Bally and uh, Diamond uh, having difficulties and... Uh, basically giving the team's broadcast rights back to Major League Baseball, back to the teams and saying, hey, we can't make it. Uh, We can't sell enough advertising. This is not working. Uh, So Major League Baseball is working with the teams right now to produce a lot of the games. And that means anywhere from 60 to 110, 120 million dollars may be missing from teams' coffers in 2024. That said, David, that means that they have a legitimate reason not to be spending money, not to be offering long-term okay. deals. However, however, they cannot be in unison making similar offers 
to players because that would and did in 1986-87 uh, prove the last collusion case that cost them uh, uh, multi-millions of dollars back then. It would be billions of dollars now. That's solid information, Bruce, and that's good insight. Let's look at this the way a Cub fan might. All right, you got a hole at third base. You've got Matt Chapman on the market. You've got the Cubs who can spend, and he signs a $54 million contract. Why would that not be attractive or appealing to the Cubs to swoop in and offer a little bit more? I know how I feel about it. I'm not sure that I wanted to, in retrospect, block Matt Shaw. I don't know that you know Christopher Merrill can't do the job. I, I, the longer the offseason went on, the less I like the idea of going after Matt Chapman, although I do understand why somebody might look at that contract this morning, three years, $54 million, and wonder why. I think you also have to consider, as Sean Sears, our producer, pointed out, the Cubs would have been having to pay a draft pick, maybe as high as a second in compensation because Toronto offered a qualify, made a qualifying offer to Matt Chapman. So there are a lot of things that contribute to why the Cubs stayed away from this. What do you think was the biggest reason? Matt Shaw. Okay, Matt Shaw is the name, and that's the uh, the infielder that signed uh, last year. Came through the farm system quickly, is thought to be a, uh, a star in the making at one position. He'll play third base uh, in in the minor leagues this year. Maybe start at Double A, move quickly to Triple A. But um, that is the reason that they're not going to tie themselves up to a guy like uh, Chapman, and uh, also. The fact that, you know, Morrell has to have a position, okay? He can be the DH. He can be the DH for the next seven or eight years. It, but with his athleticism, uh, Craig Council and the Cubs wanted to make sure that he doesn't have a f position first. That would be third base. He's going to get that opportunity the rest of the spring to play there. Um, that That's one major reason. The other is uh, defensively, Chapman's one of the great third basemen, maybe ever, but at least in the last 20 or 30 years. There's no denying that. Offensively, uh, Morrell had a better season than Chapman did last year. Right. Okay. He he outproduced him. And, and okay, both strike out a lot. Morrell strikes out a lot. Morrell has shown a, a bad sign over the last two years of dipping in the month of September and being used less. So we'll, we'll see if that changes. But we know that he's an electric player with the ability to hit 35 to 40 home runs, maybe more than that. He hit uh, 20, he hit 36, 37 last year, 26 in the majors, 11 in the minor leagues. So, David, the, the point is they have fortification at third base. They feel good about where that's going in the future. Why would you tie yourself up with Chapman on, on any type I of deal? When, when you really think that you got something just as good in your own system. I understand that totally, and I love everything I see about Matt Shaw. You don't want to fall in love with prospects, but he's an easy guy to get infatuated with because of the way that he's already burst onto the scene. Another guy has, Bruce. Got to ask you about him as we turn to what happened Friday in Arizona. Cubs beat the White Sox 10-6. to Interesting game on a lot of different levels. We saw Justin Steele. We saw Michael Kopech look pretty good, and we saw Owen Casey. Going deep, the big, red-headed, left-handed power hitter for the Cubs at double-A, had a heck of a season in 2023. Bruce, he's hitting 686 or 636 in spring training so far. I don't want to get carried away, and I'm not going to. But tell me this, why can't I get carried away with Owen Casey? Because this is somebody who is having 
he fits the profile. He's a big left-handed power hitter. He's somebody that was part of the U Darvish trade way back when and is a young, what, is he 21 years old now? And he's blossoming right. into this power hitter. You could see making an impact at the major league level, but the question is when, and the question is how much do we believe what we're seeing right now? Right. Well, you know, uh, we, we always caution people this time of year in spring training, you know, not to get carried away with uh, big numbers put up by people, especially when they're facing people from the third or fourth inning on. Right now, you're not seeing any of the starting pitchers last more than uh, two to three innings tops. So after that, you're, you know, you're facing double, triple A, single A pitchers. Don't get carried away. But when you look at Casey, you, you look at you look at the hit tool you look at the ability to take the ball to the opposite field with power. Uh, those are the things that you look at. Not, not did they get a bloop single or not, but how is, what is the approach? How is that approach taken? What type of authority is in that swing? Those are the things I think you look at for players rather than, hey, uh, the guy was three for four, but two of them were bloop singles and uh, sun-related. You know, those are you. You look. You look hard into the at bats and into the uh, past and the future. You try to project the future of a guy like Casey, and it's all thumbs up. They're they're talking about moving him uh, to to try to play a little bit of first base too, being a left-handed hitter. And uh, I guess the Cubs can't have too many left-handed hitting first basemen right now. Speaking of the Sun, what happened to PCA? We'll get to that later. Maybe the Mariners will be interested in trading for him because the Sun's never out in Seattle. This guy's struggling right now with the Sun. It did last year in Colorado. Did it again on Friday, Bruce. That was something two straight, or two not two straight, but two balls lost in the Arizona sky. Ugh. Don't know if that was a great day for PCA, but I guess everyone has a bad one. Yeah, look, uh, I, I would. there was a ball that uh, – was missed at first base, too, on a, on a pop-up. Uh, the sun is brutal there. If you've ever been there and you have no clouds in the sky on a day like yesterday, I'm not making any excuses for Armstrong because uh, Canario went out there after he was there and uh, had a lot of fly balls out there and performed well. So uh, you have to be able to learn how to look off to the side and be able to find that ball. I'm sure he will. That's not going to be uh, the determining factor as to whether he's in the major leagues or not, David. But the reality is, is that it was a bad day. It cost them runs, and it, it just it had a it had a bad look to it. Terrible. Take a lap. <laughs> three three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. Let us know what you think. Your biggest development of the week was for the Cubs for the White Sox. There were a lot that went on. I also Friday not to be overlooked. Bruce Michael Kopech did have a strong outing did look like the guy that teases us into thinking he actually could amount to something consistently one day. I think Garrett Crochet earlier in the week had the biggest outing of any Sox pitcher so far in spring training. One and two-thirds scoreless against the Dodgers, struck out Otani, hit 100 on the radar gun. I just don't know what to believe with Crochet because I just don't know how healthy he can stay. I heard a stat, and we'll get a double check because uh, Sean Sears is the very best at uh, finding this out. But from what I understand, um, Crochet's faced uh, Otani five times, okay, uh, four during the regular season, and he struck him out every time, okay. So that's that's pretty impressive 
<laughs> wow. in its own way, if that is a fact. And I guess, again, we'll get it double-checked here. But the reality is, is that Crochet is going to get time to develop as a starting pitcher. That's what he was coming out of college. He's got a huge arm. He's back to being healthy. I wouldn't necessarily expect him to start uh, at the major league level this year, although with the team that they have, why? I, can I, you I, imagine? I, well, he doesn't have enough innings load, David. He just doesn't have enough innings built up. So if you want him to be an opener for you and build up that way, if, if you're not taking – if you're taking the games in a different way with your 2024 season for the White Sox and he is your opener – 30 times, but he only pitches in 110 innings. Are you okay with that? Uh, I, I think the it, it's a non-traditional uh, state of Major League Baseball right now when it comes to pitchers like Crochet. I would take a non-traditional approach. I would want him to spend every inning that he has in that arm at the Major League level. I just think he's ready for that, Bruce. You look at the stuff he had on display earlier in the week, and it's obvious that he is. So I don't know that I would waste his innings at AAA Charlotte for a team that might lose 95 games. I, I just wouldn't do that. Right. Well, here, here's the advantage of making him an opener. You have a controlled amount of pitches. You have a controlled amount of what he does. Uh, and, and you have a vision of what he's doing to start the game for you that day as to where the game is going initially. Whereas when you bring him in the middle innings, the game starts to dictate how you can use him. Okay, so there's there's a there's a real difference in, you know, the philosophy of an opener as opposed to, well, we'll build his innings in the fourth, fifth, sixth inning. Um, maybe he'll get two innings this day and maybe he'll only get two thirds of an inning this day because we're trying to win this game. You know, there's a there's a huge difference in the dynamic of whether you're developing a starting pitcher or whether you're trying to just uh, use him to the best for the team to win. So you're, you have two things going. You're trying to win a game, but you're also trying player development for a big arm for the White Sox. Speaking of debuts, Shota, Shota Imanaga makes his today for the Cubs against the Dodgers at 2.05 on the Marquee Sports Network. Looking forward to that. Showtime against the Dodgers, Bruce. Not sure what to expect, but very, very curious because wondering where he slots into that Cub rotation. Yeah, you, you, you wonder if, uh, and, and again, uh, yesterday, uh, Craig Council said that he's not ready to name his rotation or his starting pitcher, opening pitcher, uh, all things equal. You know, we're pretty sure it's going to be, uh, you know, Justin Steele. But, uh, you know, do you want to go left, right, left, right, left, right? Is that what you want to do? You know, if that's, you know, and Wicks happens to be a part of that rotation as well. We'll have to see how that shakes out. We're going to take a break now, Bruce, but when we come back, we know that our callers want to participate, and they're guys who have brought a lot to the program. Mike and Ron and Crawley, we will get to you when we come back. We're setting up Cody Bellinger at 940, Nikki Lopez at 10 o'clock. This is going to be a great show packed with our opinions, great guests, and yours as well. 312-644-6767. inside the clubhouse at Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. 
You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Slavine and David Haw. I, I think we make too much of lineups. I, know, I, know. Um, I will say that. Um, I think, you know, ultimately... We want a lot of good hitters to go have great at bats, and that's and then that's how we're going to score runs. Welcome back inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio six seven. The score: David Hall, Bruce Levine. That was Craig Council. Welcome to Chicago Counts. Yes, we've questioned lineups. We love to second guess. Everybody's a lineupista, as Joe Madden will tell you. But Bruce, he's going to obviously he's used to that in Milwaukee. It's going to probably intensify in Chicago. There's a lot of possibilities in that Cub lineup, but I think he's going to mix and match. He's going to sound. Do you think the Cubs are going to have an everyday go-to lineup, or do you think he's going to vary the order and vary guys at positions? Yeah, I think there's going to be some platooning going on here, David, and uh, some switching around. I, I don't, I don't know too many teams, and maybe some of our great fans who know uh, some of the teams' lineups better than I do outside of the Chicago and the Midwest teams can tell me, but I don't know too many teams that have set lineups, okay? Just where it's automatic, it's the same lineup every day. You know, it's not the uh, 69 Cubs lineup anymore. It's not the 77 White Sox Hitmen lineup where you find the same guys day in and day out. It's just a, a, a different era in baseball. And let's be honest, how, how many players play more than 140, 145 games anyway? So uh, they, they move them around quite a bit. I, I do think that what you pointed out, uh, the tendency for uh, for counsel to get worn out by questions, that is something that we're going to have to watch, okay? Because <laughs> coming from the small market in Milwaukee, the reporters up there are outstanding and they're good, but they're, there's, a, there's a, a small amount compared to Chicago, okay? Makes you wonder so how well, yeah, he will suffer fools. I mean, that's a, a phrase. It's not – I'm not uh, – Hey, leave me out of it, okay? I'm not, I'm not saying anything about you, Bruce, but you know what I mean. You know what I mean. I Look, I wear um, managers and players out a lot with uh, questions uh, about, you know, ancillary issues in the game, different things that, you know, I, I go to different subject matters sometimes. So uh, it takes some capacity for David Ross. It took some capacity for a uh, Joe Madden uh, to uh, answer those. And they were always gracious about the same thing with uh, Grafal and, and Larusa as well. But w- when you have, w- you're used to having 
five to seven minute sessions with the media and they're now 12 to 15, mm-hmm. it, it, it can it can wear on you, you know, especially 162 games a year. I, I will say that he will have Sundays off where we'll hear a different voice, uh, pitching coach, hitting coach, somebody else. So it won't be the uh, two-a-day on Sundays for uh, Craig Council in 2024. You're always polite to our callers, so let's go to the score listener line, powered by BetQL. Bet smarter, beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. We'll start the conversation with Mike in Glencoe. Good morning, Mike. How are you? Good morning, fellas. You know, I'm wondering if the shift in the free agent contract and this move to one-year deals could impact the willingness of the Sox and Cubs to actually deal with another. Because it seems to me to make so much sense, the Cubs could use one year of Moncada at third base and two years of Cease. I don't think they're going to sign Snell or the other Montgomery. I'd be happy to throw in Kopech. And the Sox could certainly use some of the Cubs' prospects. Uh, is that a pipe dream? Are they willing to deal with each other? Uh, what do you guys think? Thanks, Mike. Appreciate the phone call. They made a deal this week. Bruce Bailey Horn went back to the White Sox, a young pitcher. I right. don't see them making a deal for Mancata. Well, there's a $24 million that you have to <laughs> deal with. Okay. Who's who's paying that salary? You know, what, and, and again, I, I think the Cubs, on paper, they have a lot of third basemen right now. Uh on paper, they have a lot of first basemen. Will will somebody grab those positions? Okay. Will it be Morell, who is defensively good enough after his spring training trial to play there every day? Will that be good enough for Council? Uh, will it be Madrigal late in games to go in on defense? How, what is what is Wisdom's role on this team? Is he a backup third baseman? Is he a backup first baseman? Is he a DH against left-handed hitting, or, or does he not have a role? Those are some of the things we'll be watching here over the next three weeks when they decide what this 26-man roster is going to look like. May the hot bat play. That's the way I think Craig Council will approach it. Let's go back to the phone lines. Our buddy Ron on the south side. Good morning, Ron. How are you? Hey, morning, Ron. Hey, oh, yeah, good morning, guys. Uh, uh, David, it's always a great show. <laughs> just today, uh, real, real, real quick. Um, I don't mind uh, Gary Crochet goes down, starts out in the minors, and uh, gets stretched out, and hopefully maybe by time middle of the season come up. But you know, you all, the one player that I was so looking forward to seeing last year was Andrew Benintendi. So I'm just hoping that uh, his hand is helped. He's the kind of player that Griffo talks about, and Griffo mentioned this week. He's a smart baseball player. I thought he was ideal number two hitter, a left-handed hitter back number two. But uh, that's 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 pretty much. And, and I also think he'll probably be here a couple, you know, for a couple of years. So my thing is looking, you know, to the future. But uh, just really looking to see him play. So thanks, guys. Ron, I think that's a great point. You know, Bruce, I'm not sure how much an injury hampered Andrew Benintendi's first season in Chicago. What are expectations for him this year in your mind? Well, a lot better, David. I mean, he he played, if you look at his numbers for the year, it looked like an extra man, except that he had a, almost 600 bats. You know, the numbers just didn't add up. He just didn't look right. And we've seen him be a much better player in the past you know, a five-year commitment to him at $75 million or 77 whatever it is. Um, you know, it, it's, you know, he, he's got to play better and he's he's got to perform. He's, he's always been a pretty good defender. 
at one time a really good defender. Uh, we need to see more of that Ben Benintendi from two or three years ago play for the White Sox this year. Let's squeeze in Crawley. He is part of the Fly the W podcast with our guy Dustin Rhodes. Crawley, welcome to Inside the Clubhouse. How are you? How's it, how's it going, guys? Excited about this uh, Bellinger interview. Um, you know, as a guy and on the podcast, we've talked to a lot of these um, prospects. We followed them, and it really looks like they're about ready to burst. You know, you're looking at Shaw. You're looking at Canario. Brennan Davis was having a great camp. But Owen Casey's really stood out. I was just wondering what you guys thought, you know, as far as timeline and do you think that they may, if, if things don't work out with Bush and Mervis, do you think Casey's going to get some more reps at first base when he goes to the minors? Crawley, that's a great question. Bruce, I'm not sure what to make of Owen Casey. He's somebody that has, uh, I, I think, penciled in as a minor league season, maybe at Iowa, maybe back at AA. I'm not quite sure. Could he end up with the Cubs, not necessarily to start the season, but be a contributor in 2024? Why not, David? You know, there's a saying in baseball, the good ones come fast. His bat has played at every level, and uh, they've been excited about him. For every, I was told for every trade uh, supposition that occurred in the offseason between the Cubs and other teams, Casey's name came up more than just about any other player. A lot of people are interested in that bat. So when you have a left-handed bat uh, with thump, uh, and, and again, he's probably only going to get stronger, uh, that that's a player to watch in the minor leagues this year as he makes his way up. He's got some thump. He definitely does. I love that word, Bruce. And you know who else does? Cody Bellinger. And Belly is back. Signed, re-signed with the Cubs this week. Three-year, $80 million contract. Back in center field. Or maybe you want him at first base. Where does he want to play? We'll ask him because he's going to join us next on Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. The next pitch by Rodon. Swung on, hit in the air. Deep right field. Get out the tape measure. Long gone. Second deck for Cody Bellinger. Cubs lead one to nothing. Impressive home run, Ron. He hit one yesterday, and now he hits one again today, and he is on a hot stretch. Welcome back, indeed. It's inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 the score. David Hall, Bruce Levine, until 11 o'clock today, talking baseball, and what a pleasure it is to join our next guest who joins us on the Circus Sports Illinois Hotline, Cody Bellinger. Download the Circus Sports app today. How are you this morning, Cody? Thank you so much for joining us. Doing great, guys. Thank you for having me. Well, welcome back indeed. It's been a long offseason. Just to start there, you're back in the fold. You obviously had the press conference uh, explaining yourself and what happened over the offseason. How frustrating was it for you to wait and to wait and to wait? Because for a lot of Cub fans, it was the winter of discontent waiting for news on the Cody Bellinger front. Yeah, you know, just kind of waiting for everything to play out. Um, you know, I had had my family. I got two young girls to keep me busy and, uh, you know, constant communication with, with Scott and just kind of understanding the situation. And, um, you know, ultimately, like I said before, it all, it all uh, you know, planned out and excited to be back and had a, about four days here now and uh, having, having a great time getting ready for the season. 
Cody, uh, welcome back. Thanks for joining David and I today. We really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, I've known Scott for uh, 40 years since he first started out as an agent. And his way is so different from so many other agents. Way. Can you ex can you explain a little bit, uh, which what, whatever you're willing to share, the dynamic that you have and the communication you have with Scott and, uh, and especially going through the odd off-season that this was and knowing that the... Uh, the RSN markets appeared to affect, you know, the, the real offers coming your way and, uh, and some of the other free agents that Scott represents. Yeah, I think just with, with me and Scott and, um, you know, just constant communication and, um, you know, three, four or five times a week and um, talking baseball, you know, also just talking family and talking lifestyle and um, just keeping up that communication and really, like, you know, understanding the process, getting knowledgeable about the process. He does a great job of explaining everything. And, um, you know, so like I said, I was up to date and, um, you know, and, and excited it all worked out to be here. Talking with Cody Bellinger here on Inside the Clubhouse on Chicago Sports Radio 6-7, the score. What was it about the Cub experience last year that made you want to return as badly as you did this season? Uh, can you repeat that? It kind of broke up. What was it about the Cub experience last year that made you want to come back and be here again in Chicago for this season? Yeah, you know, I think for me it was just uh, I think that Wrigley Field is a beautiful place. Um, obviously, I felt extremely comfortable in this locker room with, with, this, with these group of guys and, um, you know, the coaching staff. And, you know, the, everything about, you know, Wrigley and the Cubs organization was, you know, I just had an unbelievable experience last year and, um, you know, like I said, towards the end of last season, we got banged up and unfortunately came just short. And, um, you know, I want to do what I can and help, you know, us get, get to the postseason. And that, that's the goal for me. And that's what I'm going to strive to do every single day. So, Cody, as you were walking out of, uh, of uh, the stadium in Milwaukee, the last game of the season last year, I think I got the final media question to you. And it was just off the record, but straight to me. And that was the most important thing to me is how did your how did your family, how did your wife and your kids like the experience in Chicago? How much did that determine coming back to the Cubs and, and making this, you know, the place for the, your destination this year? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I think as a whole, we all absolutely loved it. Um, you know, luckily for my family, they were uh, at home all of April. And uh, so they got to experience the good weather out here in Arizona. And then, you know, once once the weather turned out there in Chicago, they came. And, um, you know, I think overall as a whole, we just, we loved it. Um, there's so many good places to eat. The weather's amazing. The people are great. And Chicago in general is just a beautiful place. You know, Cody, this was addressed during the press conference the other day, but the market didn't necessarily develop in the way that maybe your agent Scott Boris expected and a lot of those things were related to you heard the term soft contact a lot and they, everyone was studying and analyzing your numbers and the metrics and I just wonder number one how tired you got of hearing some of those things and secondly were you penalized or punished because of the way you adjusted with two strikes and because of the way that maybe you made yourself a better all-around hitter but that was held against you when it came to the free agent marketplace yeah, I think for me, you know, obviously I heard it. And like I said, I just kind of brushed it off. Um, you know, I, I trust, like I said, I trust myself as a baseball player to, 
go out every single day and produce the best I can. And, uh, you know, that's what I wake up every single day to do. And I try and, and get, you know, the best version of myself that day and put that best product on the field and, um, you know, trust myself and help with the help of my teammates and coaches that we're going to come out on top. And really that's all I focus on and everything else, you know, is, is uh, stuff I can't control. And so I kind of just focus on what I can control and just try and do the best job at that. The 2023 Cubs locker room and uh, the people in it was one of the best that I've ever covered, and I've been around a while. I'm, I'm wondering what, what your thought of the, the dynamic of your teammates and the group was. You know, I, I'm not comparing to the Dodgers because, you know, every year is uniquely different, you know, with different makeup of people. But how, how essential was that for you wanting to return and in, in the people in that room? Yeah, uh, like you said, you know, every year is different. And, you know, for me, I just kind of felt like all of our our baseball as, as players and, and teammates, we all just kind of blended together. And we all put really good product on the field, you know, playing together as a team. And, um, you know, obviously I felt comfortable. Uh, and, um, you know, I, I think that, like you said, the dynamic of the locker room, I think it showed on the field, you know, during a regular season, you're going to go through so many ups and downs of a baseball season through 162. And, you know, it's, it's a season. That's why they call it a season. And I think, you know, you always have your teammates and your coaching staff in the locker room to, to pick each other up during the good and bad times. And that's what we did a great job of last year. Well, you know, what, what showed the, the most to me, Cody, is during the, the downturn in the seven, losing, <clears throat> losing 14 out of 21 at the end, people were still positives. They were there for each other. Uh, you know, from a selfish point of view, they showed up for the media like yourself and the other people. There wasn't any change in the, you know, the way that they acted, even though you guys were going through some tough times. Uh, how essential is that for a team and, and a group of uh, baseball players? Yeah, you know, obviously we were all frustrated. Um, but at the same time, you know, I think that we all were – doing our very best that day. And that's about all you can ask for as a group and as teammates and as coaching staff, you know, we're putting it all on the line at whatever time the game is at seven o'clock and we're giving our all for those next three hours of the baseball game. And, you know, sometimes it just doesn't roll the way you want it to. And it's super frustrating. Um, but at the same time, you know, we were all playing together as a group and as a unit. And I think that's something that, you know, you just can't take away inside the locker room and, um, just, you know, we're always playing for each other. Talking with Cody Bellinger for another couple minutes here on Inside the Clubhouse. So, Cody, Dansby Swanson told a funny story about getting FaceTimed by you in the middle of the night and not answering. And he said that you guys were also at Freddie Freeman's uh, birthday party for one of his children. And i just curious, how much did peer pressure, if, if you want to call it that, play in, in your decision? Because the Cubs, fan, Cubs players were asked constantly about you not being there, and they all wanted you to be there. And I'm sure that sounds like you were running into them on occasion. So how was that to deal with? Yeah, no, it was obviously great to hear. I mean, those there's just nothing but positivity this offseason. And, uh, yeah, that, that night I was with Dansby, and I knew that something was close, but I didn't say anything just because, like I said, you never know. And, um, obviously, when it became official, I, I called Dansby, and um, I thought he was asleep. I found out literally two days ago that he saw it, which is funny. <laughs> um, I just thought he was asleep. I was like, oh, well, I'll call him tomorrow. I called a few other people, and 
you know, obviously was super excited. And, uh, yeah, I mean, got a hold of Dansby the next morning, and he still didn't know, which was funny. So I broke the news to him still. And, uh, you know, the next day or two, I think, I was able to come in and say what's up to the guys and, you know, do all my medical work and, and all that type of fun stuff before I got to actually put on the uniform and go and play some baseball. Cody, the last one for me, and again, David and I really appreciate the time today. When you have a transformation from David Ross to Craig Council, how impactful is the manager? How much how impactful was Ross for you? What has been your uh, initial contact and experience with Craig Council? Yeah, honestly, I've had nothing but positive experiences with both of them. Um, obviously, I had a full season with Rossi, and you know, he was nothing but amazing. Um, you know, super easy to talk to, uh, an easy guy to play for. And same with Counts, man. I've only had a, a few days with him. And, uh, I mean, the overall vibe in this locker room is amazing. And, you know, like I said, I played against Counts so many times with, with him on the opposing side. And, you know, nothing but respect and w- for how he, handles, how, how he handles everything. And I've heard nothing but amazing things. And um, just to – get to experience it firsthand over here has been great. And um, so for, for me, both nothing but positive experiences and positive words. And, you know, this season excited to get out there and, and play and, um, you know, and give it our best shot, see what happens. Before we let you go, Cody, so obviously you coming back, everyone talks about the roster versatility that affords Craig Council with lineups and you're capable at first base. You're great in center field. I just wonder from your standpoint, which do you prefer? And does moving back and forth, is that a realistic possibility? And, and if you did that, does it affect your approach at the plate at all, being as versatile as you are defensively? Yeah, you know, I think for me, honestly, I just want to play. Honestly, I just want to play. And, um, you know, both positions are entirely different, um, outfield and first base. Um, you know, but with that being said, as, as – as long as I'm I'm in the lineup, I'm I'm happy and um, yeah, I, I don't. There hasn't been too much discussion yet on what the plan is, but um, for now, I'm getting ready for both and doing all my work and preparation to play both. And I enjoy playing, you know, I enjoy playing both. So for me, no preference. Um, you know, I think that as long as I'm I'm out there every single day, that's that's something that I strive to do, and that's something I love to do. And I think Cub fans are happy that you're doing it in Chicago again. Cody Bellinger, welcome back. Thank you for your time this morning, and I hope you have a great spring and look forward to seeing you in Chicago. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Cody Bellinger, Cubs center fielder, first baseman, MVP, Bruce, best player on the team last year, likely to be the best player again this year. Changes expectations, is that fair to say? I think that Cody Bellinger's return makes the Chicago Cubs the favorites in the NL Central. Well, it certainly takes uh, their lineup. Look, uh, <clears throat> as soon as the season ends and I, I see Bellinger uh, is not a part of it, I'm starting to look at what my lineups are for the team the next year. Okay, I do it with the White Sox and the Cubs. And there was <clears throat> this, this huge hole in the Cubs lineup. Yeah, Suzuki came on strong. He could be a third and fourth hitter. And he could he could be a, a slug guy and, and a big uh, OPS guy going forward. We don't know that for sure. Two uh, two months of uh, a terrific play by him offensively. Bellinger was a must from the beginning. I don't think 
It was just my pipe dream. I believe that was the Cubs' feeling from from day one. The way they played it was beautifully. It worked out great for them. Uh, it's not like Bellinger is going to be broke. He got a uh, $13 million raise for this year. He can have that $13 million raise again next year or else go somewhere else at age 29. I think it's a, a perfect scenario. And, and not only that, but if you believe in this, David, that players should always be playing for next year to get the most out of them, he, mm-hmm. he's going to continue to play for next year. I don't know if he needed that incentive, but he's certainly going to be playing for a six- or seven-year contract after this year. That's what's so great from the Cubs' perspective. It still is something that it's not a contract where there's going to be complacency creeping in and human nature may be taking over because he still has something to play for. You're exactly right, Bruce. That's why I looked at it. The Cubs won this one. I think they they won the stare down with Scott Boris. Hoyer won Boris zero, and Cody Bellinger benefits too because of that, and I think he's going to be on the right team at the right time. So this is a lot of fun. Yeah, I, you know, again, I, I, I'm not for players or owners, but, you know, the game is better when the when players have incentive, uh, when people have incentive in any job in life to uh, perform every day because your your family's livelihood, your livelihood is is on the line. Uh, you know, we're just we're just better, you know, being just a little bit nervous and a little bit antsy and, and working harder. We'll keep the great conversations coming when we come back. The pride of Naperville Central. Nikki Lopez, the White Sox second baseman, joins inside the clubhouse at Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 